Hey everybody, welcome to another One's Ready podcast. You're in the team room right now. We're going to talk about one thing that you guys are all asking questions about to all of us, and that is the pool session. So it's about to get real. You're listening to the One's Ready podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your favorite CCT personality, JTAC extraordinaire, embracer of the ridiculous face, and like the shortest operator you'll ever meet, Peaches. Okay, cool. We're going to jump right in. Something that comes up all the time with us are, uh, you guys are always asking these questions, and, and rightfully so, is the pool session. What's all about? Why do we do it? What are some of the things that you can expect, right? So in this podcast, we want to break that down and at least give you guys an idea what you guys can expect and maybe get your mind right about how to better prepare for it, right? So as we jump into it, everybody here has got a lot of experience with uh, the pool sessions, whether it's uh, Brian doing, uh, being an actual ANS slash in-doc instructor or Aaron at the PJ University, right? So me, I don't necessarily have that experience other than just going through it. And Trent is kind of in the same boat as I am, right? So we're going to attack this pool session and kind of break them down for you. So what I want to do is I want to start with Aaron right now, and we're going to talk about a little thing called gear setup. Oh man. Oh man. Gear set up. So I was telling this story when we we're getting ready for the podcast, right? So to have you come in and you set your gear, you've got fins and a mask and a snorkel and some weights and some booties and all this other stuff. Right. And it has to be set up exactly correctly. And the first couple of times you try to do this thing, it never works out. Like everything gets thrown in the pool and stuff isn't right. And people can't figure out which side to put it on or put it off. Here's the, the reasoning behind it is the instructors want to see that one, you can follow directions and two, attention to detail. I'm not going to get too, too dramatic about it, but attention to detail can kill you. If you're a jump master and you miss a major and it kills somebody like that's a real thing and it can be very minor. It can be a little bit of canopy that's outside of a parachute. It can be one simple thing that's not routed correctly. So I get it. But what it turns out to be is it turns out to be, hey, your tape isn't correct you're dead. <laughs> and then you get in, you get in a lot of trouble, man. And like the, the gear setup is an extremely important because it sets the tone for the entire event. So when you get in there, like the one thing that you don't want to set up, they used to sit leadership, but they still do. They sit the team leadership in the center. Right. And I was the NCOIC of my team. And I would just be praying as the instructors were walking around. It was just, please don't let something be screwed up. Please don't let something be screwed up. And I don't know how many times I looked over to my right, and I looked at my officer as soon as stuff started happening. I was like, well, off to a bad start, sir. I guess this is how we're going to do this today. So there's always <laughs> something that's good. Well, it doesn't help either. My team was terrible. So our the motto on our team was uh, it wasn't like teamwork and bring everybody into the family. It was F your buddy and see if he quits. So what you would do is you would just put like a tear on your buddy's water bottle or on his fin tape. And then like when they saw it, they would just be like... <sighs> Why is the tape on your water bottle torn? And your your friends, the closest friends you ever had in your life, would look at you and they'd be like, "I know it was you, and I hate you." And it would be, <laughs> it would just be the worst. But that was our team. Like that was our team dynamic. Is we were just like, I don't know, we're not very smart, so we might as well be tough. But gear set up. I mean, it's important. It sets the tone for the entire event. You always want gear set up, like because the first thing that you do is gear set up, and then you count because you're going to go to the next thing. We're going to talk about underwater. But the, the best story about the counting that I possibly have is they wanted us to count off by twos. 
right? So they wanted to get us in two separate groups. So it should have sounded like one, two, one, two. So there I am, I'm sitting next to the major and I was like, here we go, gear set up. What about counting? And they're like, count off by twos. And the first guy goes two. And the second guy goes four. And the third guy goes six. And like, it was one of those, I just completely deflated. I was just like, here we go. And, uh, and we did. And it was great. But that's, <laughs> that's gear setup, man. It's uh, these pool sessions. They can, they can go one of two ways. That did not go the good way. You're right. And, and I, think it's, I think it's important, right, to there is a reason why we do attention to detail, right? So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Brian, yeah, yeah. Now, Brian, whenever what is to be expected of a team once they show up, right, and, and they're setting up their gear, kind of like what is the phase one of that when they arrive at the pool? So anytime that the team shows up uh, to start a pool session, they get dropped off by the bus, you haul your stuff out the back of the bus, set up your team gear on the side because we have like a display we expect them to have each time. And there's, you know, common to all equipment. There's a bunch of equipment that needs to go up for the team gear. And then once you're done setting up your team gear, your rucks are all nice and aligned. You go ahead and start setting up your gear on the side of the pool. So that's what they're talking about with gear setup for you guys that haven't been there, haven't seen it before. Um, gear setup is, there's a, a whole... OI in the back of the student pamphlets where we have pictures and show you exactly what things are supposed to look like. Um, as long as everyone's the same. Now, I, I personally didn't memorize every single detail of that because honestly, that wasn't my goal. It wasn't like, you know, AFI, those kind of regulations is more, can you guys just talk to each other and make sure that everyone's stuff looks the same? Because some guys would get like too detailed and there's like a layer of duct tape and then a layer of the white tape. And then you put a clear tape <laughs> over all these tapes to make sure that, you know, it doesn't, it's like, all right, I don't care what you guys do, but as long as you all do Just it the all same way. Just all do it way, together basically. and don't make me hate you is what Brian is saying. Yeah. That's, that's all I care about. Look at your face right now. Look at, look at how I can see the rage building uh, inside. Somebody out there is like, he is about, <laughs> Brian is about to drop this podcast. Oh, like whenever I walk down the line, all I expect for you to do is your Stop job. using that. Term. It's pretty easy. Don't use that tone. Uh, I don't understand why this is such a big deal for you. <laughs> why is it so difficult? Yeah. Okay. So, so we know why we know why gear setup is important, right? Because it then translates on to the rest of the job. All that, you know, minor or not minor, but some of its minor details, some of its major details. Because hey, guess what? As a as a joint terminal attack controller, if I happen to type in the wrong grid or I happen to, you know, have a little bit of dyslexia and pass the wrong grid, like we're somebody's having a bad day and it's not the enemy, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. us. So I, I want to continue on the, the pool session route, right? And I want to talk about underwaters. Now, this is actually one thing that I, I did not like one bit. Um, probably lends its hand to me being a little short, maybe not, not as optimized in the, uh, in the water, right? So instead of some of these you know, taller studs that are taking four strokes to get across the pool. I'm more of a 12 to 15. <laughs> so as you know, as, yeah, I'm not yeah. even kidding. And the more, the more you move right underwater, the more oxygen you're burning up. So you're sucking wind. Right. And that's, that's one of the things. So, uh, 
Brian, I'm going to stick with you right now. Can you kind of go into some of the, explain some underwaters for those that don't know. All right. So the underwater event is just referring to exactly what it says, swimming underwater for 25 to 50 meters, depending on what phase of training you're in. And when you do it, it's at an interval. So the stopwatch starts on zero and then, you know, three minutes later, if it's a three minute interval, you're going to go again. So that's how three minutes work. I explain that because I always get the question on my workouts. They're like, what does the three minute interval mean? Does that mean I take a three minute rest or do I? So you start the watch <laughs> three minutes later, you go right. again. So that's how it's Say it again for the people in the back. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit the reverse 15 hit seconds. The, yeah. Hit the right? stopwatch and then go. Yeah, exactly. Make sure it's a waterproof stuff. All right. right. So that's what the underwater is. And you're going to use the keyhole stroke to get to the other side. You touch the wall, you turn around, you push off, and then you freestyle back to your position and you wait until the three minutes tells you to go. That's what underwater is. So, I mean, the, the biggest reason why people are scared of it is obviously you're deprived of oxygen. If you pop, then everyone's going to see it all the instructors are walking around and watching who's popping. And then also uh, later on in the weeks, we throw on some ABUs and throw on some other gear. So that's basically the underwater in a nutshell. Underwaters are not, they're not hard. I don't understand why people freak out about underwaters. Like just because some of us take 12 to 15 (laughs) strokes to get by. How about that? So here's, here's the dirty secret about underwaters. All right. There's only let's, so like the graduation standard, the standard that everybody freaks out about is the 50 meter. And then you have to do five of them on a 130 interval, right? So we say go, fun fun note, one's ready. That's the first thing you say. That's how you start this bad. Ooh, crazy. It's a little yeah. peek behind the curtain. But <laughs> hey, let me blow your mind real quick. There's only four on an interval. The first one is on an interval of your entire day. You haven't done one yet. It's you're not doing five on 130. If you did five on 130, that means you would do one and then you would do five more on a 130 interval. So people will overthink this stuff all the time. Like if you're inefficient, it's gonna suck. I can't totally do six. <laughs> exactly. <It's laughs> like but uh like if you're inefficient, it's gonna suck. I get it. But it's it's just an underwater. It's when you think about it, okay, go under the water and go touch that wall and you're gonna be fine. And uh the only other thing I'll say is I will do a 50 all day. If you give me a choice between five one thirties and a 50, <laughs> nope, 50, hundred <laughs> percent. It's not even a question. Ah, double <laughs> on that one, but okay. I mean, hey, to each his own, whatever. <laughs> okay. So if my math checks here, Peach, uh, that's 743 strokes for you as a 50 meter. Oh, de- definitely. So I got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> All right. So generally at a pool session, you know, the gear setup is first, which is not that stressful really. And then you, we have underwater. So after the underwater session, generally we move to a mask and snorkel recovery, right? So mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with what a mask and snorkel recovery is, you have your scuba mask, you have a snorkel and it gets dropped at, at the far and deep end of the pool. You are on the shallow end of the pool you are, you know, depending on what your number is, you are called, one's ready, go. You go subsurface and proceed underwater the entire way until you reach your mask and snorkel. Then while you are still submerged underwater, you are donning your mask and your snorkel, clearing your mask, and then coming up to the surface and giving an okay 
to the instructors. Now, a lot of people struggle with this because they're not used to having water in their mask, but have you guys, uh, and we'll specifically go to Brian, have you seen anything that has really gotten guys or tips to make guys better at this? Yeah, I think good job, uh, like explain what it is and how they do it. But the, the key things that I see guys mess up on is that there are there are certain things that we're looking for in any objective underwater. Most of all, we're looking that you can learn something and put it to use under a somewhat stressful situation. I always tell guys, you're in a pool that is temperature controlled most of the time, as long as it's not broken. There's a little tent <laughs> over it. There's like a paramedic on each side of the pool. There's nothing else going on. I mean, it's it's a pretty peaceful environment. If you were to go there by yourself or go to the YMCA, you know, 70 year old people, this is what they do for exercise. So think of it in, in that context. And like, like I said, I'm trying to make you, we're trying to make you guys perform under a somewhat stressful situation where you're holding your breath. So a lot of times, um, guys will, once they put on their mask, they'll just push off the bottom and jump up or not look up. That's the, biggest thing I see and why guys fail is they don't just look up and you're supposed to be looking up to make sure you don't hit your head on anything. It's, there's a reason behind every single thing you do in uh, selection. So um, just follow the procedures and stay calm. And that's the biggest thing that you can possibly do. And then muscle memory, you know, you can practice all this stuff in your room. So get to the point, just like, you know, when we go to the shooting range, you dry fire a lot more than you actually throw any lead down range. So same thing, do, do that in your room, practice in your room. When you actually go to selection, this is your only task that you have to be concerned about while you're down there. It's only going to be four weeks of your life. So stay on task and make stuff happen because you know what the material that is required of you is. So yeah, there's, there's no secrets. And there's a saying in jujitsu drillers make killers like guys that consistently work position after position after position and know what to do. It's the same thing. You can go through every single one of these movements to where it's just remember that, you know, amateurs practice till they get it right, but professionals practice till they can't get it wrong. So it's just the same. It's, a, it's one of those things where you can totally drill this in your room. It's totally fine. It's not, it's not that hard. It's just a mask. It's not yeah, cool. I mean, get it. It's not that you know? No, and I think, yeah, and I think, I think, uh, special reconnaissance probably, you guys definitely follow that same suit wherever you guys are doing tasks, right? That, you're not just doing tasks to do things because it's it's silly and it's a way to get you know gotcha on guys. You're doing it because you're trying to ingrain attention to detail. Right, right. And and I was just gonna say with the with full stuff, it's it's amazing how many times you can see those guys that do uh, 25 meter water with four strokes, and then you put them in for the mass snorkel recovery, and they're doing like eight strokes to get yeah. to the mass snorkel. They completely yep. screwed up. Like, what are you doing, guy? Right. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> same on the front end. You only need to do three strokes to get there, and then but they, they, they get so nervous about the change, um, and that they make it more in their mind, and then they, they forget everything that they knew about how to do an underwater properly. Um, and you'll also see a lot of these other guys who, and not tangent too much, before they even show up to the pool, is where they will let their stress get the better of them. Uh, the, the pool is a, a huge stress management uh, opportunity. So if you get off the bus and you're already shaking, you're already burning all your O2. <laughs> standing there sitting there <laughs> it's not going to be a great day so calm yourself down however you know do it in the bus when you get there get that checklist going in your mind on what you're going to do for that underwater for that mass recovery run through the checklist and it goes for almost everything that we do 
run the checklist, do it correctly, attention to detail. And that's it. It's the key to the game. So that's everything. Just as a, a side note, um, how many dudes have you guys seen poop in the pool, either on oh, team or come on, man. Are we, <laughs> come on, man. Are we, why are we doing this right now? I well, don't understand. I'm just saying related to the stress thing, you know, come it happens on, when, when I was an instructor, when I was on team, there's always that same dude that used to poop in the pool whenever it got stressful, like on black Thursdays, we'd have our uniforms on. We used to wear speedos under it too. So I don't even know how he got that thing out of the speedo but it would be like <laughs> it would be like you know every thursday it's like oh this guy again i'm not worst. gonna say his name on here or whatever i don't know where he's at in his life i have but- dude i have a name <laughs> in my head right now that i'm holding back i'm just ho- i'm just like don't say it man because i uh oh, me too it's the worst. Uh, yeah so anyway oh, it's, 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 it's gonna good. happen to you guys really- yeah Hey, remember the last podcast we ever did? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I mean, this could really, uh, this is really go south from here, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and try and pick this back up. <laughs> uh, Brian, you covered two things that I actually wanted to, to revisit real quick. You threw out uh, two acronyms that some of the folks may not be familiar with. You threw out AFI, which is an Air Force instruction. So it's a, one of the regulations that we use. And then you also, throughout OI, so operating instruction, which is another reg or publication that we use uh, to help to help do things. So, Aaron, as the gorilla uh, in this <laughs> podcast, right? Not the silverback, but Not the, the silverback now. But the uh, you know the monster aggressive dude, um, yeah, buddy breathing. How yeah. do you tap it, man? So. Uh, I'm glad that you gave that lead in, right? Because like the initial thing that you want to do is you think you're like, I'm going to attack this and I'm going to give it all my energy. Man, uh, you know, as a guy that can can wreck people, like when I was doing selections and stuff, I'm typically pretty good at, uh, at making people fail at buddy breathing if I want to. If you just hold on to your buddy and you think about your buddy before yourself, you're going to win. If the only thing that you think about, right? So buddy breathing, we have a snorkel, we're sharing a snorkel. We have to pass it back and forth. That's the only way that you can breathe. And the instructor is doing everything. He's trying to take the snorkel. He's trying to break your grips. He's trying to take, he'll cap the snorkel and he'll keep you from breathing in the snorkel, right? So he'll steal your breath. If the only thing that's in your head is I try to stay completely loose, completely relaxed. I grab on my, the only thing that I'm grabbing really hard is my buddy's wrist and the snorkel. And I'm just forcing the snorkel towards my buddy. Every time that I feel him get a breath taken, I'm like, I have to breathe so fast to get it back to him. The best feeling in the world is when you get a breath taken and you hear your partner go like this and the snorkel is coming right back to you because you know that they're in the game with you. The worst thing in the world is you, you just got a breath taken and you hear and you're just like, oh no. Like, and again, I'm downplaying a lot of this because it is stressful. And I don't, I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean to condescend or condescend means talking down to, by the way, I'm sure you guys didn't know that, but anyway, um, appreciate that. (laughs) If you, if you think about it, you're only going to go without a breath for like five to seven seconds. And if you're completely loose and you're just floating there and you're just shoving your snorkel at your buddy and you're just like, you need to breathe, you need to breathe, you need to breathe. And that's all you, cause that's all, that's all I used to think about is he needs to breathe. He needs to breathe, get him the snorkel. And then you kind of take yourself out of it. The second that you start thinking, oh no, I need to breathe. It is over. It is over. So you buddy, but yeah, it's scary. And you know, some instructors are really good at it. I know, uh, I know 
old tech Sergeant Silva over there had a pretty good record of wrecking people in the pool. Um, but the, the point is, is, is like, just think about your buddy, just get them that air and then stay relaxed, float, stay relaxed. Don't let go of your buddy, get them air. It's pretty simple. It's really not that complicated. Yeah, and and I agree with that. And Brian, as a instructor who would actually be in the pool with these guys, right? Mm-hmm. What is something that you would notice as at least what I would notice as a guy in the water with somebody? Um, the instructors always seem to notice the guys who would hog that snorkel. That, yeah. that is from my point of view. Yeah, my only job was to provide a situation. And a lot of people think, you know, it's me versus the instructor. And that's fine if that's what it takes to get you over it, I guess. But really all I was trying to do is provide an environment for them to train under because I can't throw them in the actual ocean and, you know, do 30 foot swells with hurricane winds or anything like that. Which so is terrifying do, by the way. And I'll tell you yeah. what, like the, like it's one of those dumb things, but buddy breathe. I've been underneath rotor wash, like really, really scared a couple of times and been like, man, I'm, I'm actually pretty glad that we did buddy breathing because this is, this is not necessarily as bad sometimes, but holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that time we were down, uh, doing some training with, um, Bittinger. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So not to go off on a (laughs) tangent, but it was the scariest training iteration of my life. I like, I swear I tell that story all the time, but if it wasn't for buddy breathing, like what, man, he, I had, he came out of that hoist. Like he almost like peeled off the hoist. The helicopter almost hit us. It was terrible. Terrible. So was this, was this with sixties, 53s or 22s? Sixties. Sixties. Yeah. Sixties. But it was at night. It was off the coast of California. It was terrible. I just remember there's uh, four of us in the water. You guys are going up the hoist first and then it was nighttime and you were hooked up with Binger. You were wrapped around him and then all of a sudden you guys just take like pick up, take off. And I see another splash. It was, you guys were just being dunked. Like, and he had come. So the, and the whole reason there is he had come out of the harness. The harness wasn't routed correctly. The guy misrouted it. So the second that we put weight on it, the running end slipped, slipped right out. And we were swinging out over the ocean because they, we were on the wrong side. So they swung us from the, the opposite side of the aircraft. And I literally had my legs wrapped around him and was just hugging him to get pulled up. Like he was not attached to the helicopter. It was terrifying. Dude, oh. you got to be so worried about you got to be so worried about that cable too. Oh man! Oh man! Oh. Especially at night because you have no idea where that cable's at. Oh, That's awful. So I so buddy breathing, right? Yeah. It has obviously has real world um, you know aspects to it and not just sitting under a helicopter but also if you're diving I mean that's kind of where this comes from is you know whether you're uh, you know you run out of air while you're doing scuba diving right or even if you're doing rebreathers you know you can also buddy breathe that way too so this has real world applications to it it's not just a way to make it suck even though it, it sucks um, it the other thing sucks. that I want to just real quick for guys that are training and preparing for body breathing. Um, the thing that I tell guys to focus on is obviously stay relaxed except for your buddy grip. Cause Aaron was talking about stuff, um, that I used to do. And most of the time it was buddy grip or snorkel that I would grab and throw out of the pool. If you get your air source taken away, which is a snorkel, then, you know, it's game over. That's like, just like Peach was saying, your scuba gear. Um, and then your buddy grip. So everything else on your body should stay relaxed. You should be hunched over and floating on top. You shouldn't be kicking for air or doing any of that stuff. So stay as calm as possible, but hold on to your buddy. Because if you lose your buddy, act like you're in that 30-foot swell or in a river and you're going to lose him forever. So 
air source buddy and keep it past. Take that's me all to the pool that's all or lose me forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Well, since we're already talking about scuba, right? Though we are not doing scuba uh, during the pool sessions, right? We are doing what's called equipment recovery. Um, and Brian, can you dip into that a little bit, please? Sure. So equipment recovery, you're going to start out with a weight belt. You're going to come off the edge of the, basically there's a decline where it goes into the deep end. You're going to come off, you're going to tread out in the water. There's a prescribed amount of time that you need to tread. And then the instructor will tell you to go sub, uh, submerge yourself and ditch your equipment. You go down, ditch your equipment, and you have to set it up in a certain way, just like you have to set it up on the side of the pool. Um, you set it up a certain way, looks good. You come up to the surface and you're just waiting until the instructor's checking your gear. And then if it's good or not, they're going to tell you to go down, don your equipment. You swim down, you don your equipment in a certain order. You make sure you clear your mask, make a proper ascent to the surface. Again, you're wearing a weight belt. Now you're wearing a weight belt back on. So you hold your hands up, tread to the side of the pool, and then put your hands, you know, get yourself out of the pool, hands on your head, don't touch anything, and you wait to be inspected until, you know, the instructor gives you a tap on the head or whatever, tells you you're good to go. Um, if you mess up anything, then you can expect that you go again and do it all over again, whether it's immediately or they're being nice and giving you a break. <laughs> oh, being, Except being nice, or maybe you're just jacked up and, hey, you know, you got to go back and you got to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a friend that used to be able to do this in like eight seconds. It was the most frustrating thing ever. He would go down and he was perfect at it every single time. I thought I was fast at it. He was lightning quick at it. It never bothered him at all. They would make him go two or three times. He'd be like, I don't care. What's that? 20 seconds. He's like, I don't care. But he would openly talk crap. He'd just be like, oh, okay. You want me to do it again? You want to see if I can do it in seven seconds? So it can be done. It's easy. It's just people, people panic or people don't set it up right. And then they start getting frustrated it's a funny thing, but yeah, ditch and don is ditch and don's completely, uh, completely doable. I th I think one of the key things. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just one of the key things with the uh, ditch and don is that guys and not tying is that guys get really focused on on things and like their vision and making sure everything's correct when it's the same kind of muscle memory thing that you can do with any of the other stuff like mask and circle and everything. You should be able to feel it like boom you do like three checks on your gear and you know that it's good to go. And then you just go to the surface. You shouldn't even need to like really look at it. So that's just one of the things that, um, and guys end up passing out because they're trying to focus on those little things so much. So just want to throw that in there. No, that's good. That's real good. I mean, Hey, we, we preach attention to detail, right? But there, there is a point of no return. If you are so focused, you know, in the three knots that you have to tie, if you're so focused on that one and making sure that it's completely perfect and you don't get the others, well, Hey, that's a, that's still a fail, buddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's no fail. There's no fail worse than a slow fail. Oh, that's right. Fail fast. Buddy. <laughs> Man, there's no, there's no miss worse than a really slow miss. No, that's right. It can be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on to drown proofing. Now, for me, drown proofing was it was kind of the relaxing part of the pool. Really, um, I know it did freak some people out, but um, this was a time where I could, in the pool session, that I could really get my heart rate down. Um, so, as where you have your your hands and your feet bound behind you, and 
then you're you're bobbing and then you're also kind of traversing the pool and whatever way you can and you're also floating so this is a I can't I can't think of a real world reason why I have experienced any kind of drown proofing other than learning how to relax in the water when you don't have all of your extremities. That's that's the biggest thing for me that I got out of it. Um, do any of you guys have anything specific to drown proofing? I think uh, one of the things I always tell the students is people freak out being bound, right? Like are putting their their hands behind their back and bounding their wrists and bounding their feet. I tell them it's a positive because if I throw you in there and I make you hold your hands together and your legs together, that's just more energy you have to put out. So this, it, I always just take the opportunity to talk about perspective with the students. Like if I, if I tie you up, you have to put zero energy into maintaining that, uh, you know, that straight up and down uh, figure that makes, it, makes you bob much easier. You know what I mean? And I just don't have to worry about it. I actually don't mind uh, if my, my wrists are down, you know, because you just gain that perspective. It's just like everything else. It's just like everything in the pool. It's it's putting out and relaxing at the same time, having that perspective, and uh, and just realizing that it's just not as bad as you think it is. Yeah, I got to be honest. Nobody in the history of the world has ever quit on drown proofing. Like it's literally everybody's favorite oh. event because you're just like, you're just like, oh, thank goodness. I'm I may have overstepped there because apparently Jay apparently teaches <laughs> quit on drown proofing. But like I don't I don't know. I, I was the same the same thing for me. Like for me, I was just like, oh, thank goodness, drown proofing. Get to take a break because then like your buddy is drown proofing, but everyone else is literally just standing there. You're just watching your buddy drown proof. I'm like. Man, I, like if I can get to drown proofing, I'm like, check pool session done. Thanks. Yeah, another, I, I another don't actually one. know why we still do it. I really don't because it's that easy and it's that relaxing. Well, yeah, and it's one of those things. So it, it actually came from way back in the day. Some UD, and this is the story I heard. And I'll just pass it like it's true. But some uh, UDT <laughs> members were uh, were caught in Vietnam and they were basically thrown, you know, hands and tied and thrown in. And uh, because uh, they had not done drown proofing before, they were unable to continue to float, and a couple Sweet. of them died. So it was a story that was imparted to me by a couple of instructors. But who knows? It's still an event. So well, I like it. That's a pretty valid story. Then, if that's the case. Makes yeah. sense to me, then. I'll buy yeah. it. Yeah. Sweet. I will yeah. say, when I was an instructor, though, there were a couple guys that actually, you know, um, didn't graduate, or at least a couple that almost didn't graduate because of drown proofing. And the biggest thing was that they just couldn't relax. And when you have to grab that mask in your teeth, they end up choking on water. Actually, that happened to me at dive school because we'd only train in the Skylark, which is a nine foot pool mm-hmm. at dive school a 12 foot pool so i had never done a 12 foot drown proofing i kicked off the first time like i was in a nine foot pool and i was like you were oh, a, crap you were a full peaches away from the surface nobody told me that this was gonna happen uh, so he so was a couple inches away <laughs> <laughs> so anyway all i'm saying is make sure you train 12 foot pool if you guys are there and only training at the skylark so um, that was my takeaway on that. And then, you know, um, we'll make, I'll make some more videos about ways to do it and stuff for, for you guys out there that are training for this stuff, but it is a pretty relaxing time because no one's yelling at you. Yeah. You can't do anything like, Oh, they yelled at me. See ya. I'm going back down. I'm going to blow these bubbles out of my nose as I do, 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 do yeah. all the way to the pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Next, we're going to move on to finning. Now, I can talk about finning, and I can tell you guys how to fin from somebody who is um, 
the slowest person in the history of finning. Uh, just for example, when you're at pre-dive or, or you're at scuba school, they have teams, you know, one through 40, we'll call it, right? And you're a buddy team. You got your swim buddy, right? The faster the team means the, the lower number. So number one team are the two fastest finners out of the entire class and, and so on, right? Mm-hmm. So as example, I was team 40. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then a guy would, guy would quit. And then I moved up because <laughs> you can't have a single foot with a team of three. Right? It was a war of then attrition. Somebody, That's all it was. Yeah, exactly. I, I ended on team 35. <laughs> right? So I, I slowly moved up, right? <laughs> so I am no expert on finning. I just know that I'm not good at it. So Aaron, can you dive in on finning a little bit? Yeah, so I was actually a, I was a pretty yeah. fast finner, uh, pretty fast finner. So when you're talking about when we're doing it at ANS, so you make your money on the turns. If you have efficient turns, you're going to do open turns, right? So you're not going to do flip turns. You're going to hit the wall. You're going to turn around. You're going to go back underneath. I found so I was a water polo player and a swimmer, and walls were inherently important, at least in competitive swimming, right? Well, finning is no different. So that's the first tip that I'll kind of throw out there is like use your walls, get a good push off those walls, good tight streamline, really big kicks, and then get into it. So the lead arm trail arm is how you're going to fin right so you're going to have a it's exactly what it sounds like you're going to have one arm out in front of you you're basically going to be looking down that arm um, when you're finning looking where you're going and when you breathe you're going to kind of look opposite that arm you're going to put your mouth out of the water you're going to try to breathe so number one be as, as efficient as possible if you do it right you'll have to just barely move your head because you'll create a wave and there's a little pocket behind the wave and that's where you can breathe Big kicks. So, you know, we do flutter kicks a lot. A flutter kick is a, a one of the staple calisthenics that we do in ANS uh, before pre-dive. You know why? Because you have to use your hip flexors a lot to fin, and that's why we do flutter kicks, a ton of them. Um, so use your walls when we're in the pool and then when we're, you know, open ocean or, or whatever else, lead arm, trail arm. You can also use the, the combat recovery stroke um, where you're, there's a method where it's too long to get into where you can meet your hands together and you're basically using them to push apart. So you're still using lead arm, trail arm. You're still about on your side at like a 45 degree tilt. And then you're using those big, strong kicks of the fins, a good stiff fin and a good um, efficient body position where you're planed out like where you're more flat and almost parallel to the surface or to the bottom of the pool, if it was a flat surface, then you'd be fine. Um, so finning is actually, it's another one of those. There's nobody harassing you. It's more of like an endurance event, getting you ready for those open ocean or those open water fins that you're going to do later on in your career. Um, and there have been, you know, I took a, a couple heinous fins in my life where I was really glad that we, we focused on it, but, um, yeah, finning is finning is pretty good, and, and it's all technique, one hundred percent. Like there are very few times, like as soon as you figure out kind of where your body positioning needs to be and what feels right for your pace, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, okay, got it, I can do this. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's all solid. And uh, even then, when you figure out your technique, I mean, maybe you just don't have the, you know, not the leg strength, but maybe the leg <laughs> width. Uh, yeah, who knows? I don't make, maybe. I don't, I don't make those decisions. So Brian, you got anything to add in on the uh, finning? Yeah. Uh, big thing for finning is the the types of fin that you guys use. So the trainers are the ones that fit on kind of like socks. You don't need another boot or anything to, to wear them. I would say start out with that before you join. Um, you know, if you are, have a long enough time to train like, uh, eight months or a year, then you can buy your other jet fins like four months in or whatever, but work yourself up because those jet fins are going to be, 
heinous on your ankles. Anybody that, I mean, all of us can attest that we've seen oh, some yeah. dudes feet tore up and, you know, they, they cramp up on the top or bottom of their foot all the time. I mean, it happens to everybody and it, it happened to me um, a lot when I first started with these jet fins because they're just so kind of bulky. It's like, you know, you throw in, you're, you're used to driving a four cylinder or whatever, and then you <laughs> put that four cylinder on a bus and you're like, Oh crap. Oh crap. Like I'm not going anymore. It's not meant to work this hard. So, um, you know, try and work your way up to, to that. So you're, you're not getting too many blisters or not cramping up too much. That's the only thing I wanted to add in there. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll definitely crush your arches. So, um, Trent, I wanted to talk to you about the clock, right? So, yeah, we've talked about finning. We've talked a lot about a lot of the events that happen, right? But most of the guys know that it's going to be a four to five hour pool session, right? And you already brought up, hey, guys that are freaking out, you know, they're almost hyperventilating as they're getting off the bus because they're so amped up, right? Instead of trying to calm their noose. So they're already getting their heart rate up, which is a bad thing, right? But when we talk about time and the clock, it can't be stopped. So as an instructor, what would you want to say to some of these guys that are just starting to like, oh man, I got a four hour pool session going. I mean, it's, it's just like everything else. You can't don't take the entire time and compress it into right now. You know what I mean? It's going to end. So only focus on that next step, that first step right ahead of you. Um, and, and as a student, like you might think that you know how long the pool session is going to go, but based on everything <laughs> we've talked about, um, that there comes a certain point where instructors will uh, modify what's going on in order to make sure your team is uh, successful in the future. That's that's the way we put it, right? Um, but the it, it will end, uh, but you can't focus on the end, right? It's like letting a, a horse run home or whatever, right? You can't, you never let it run home because it's focusing on the end. Um, uh, you just gotta. You just got to pace it out. Like when you get your, your, your gear down, you sit down, you knock out whatever happens, but you have to have that just relaxed, calm, cool, collected mindset uh, to just get through it. If all you're thinking about is like, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Like there it's a fin, a water concession, a run. Uh, you think that I'm not running right past the house every once in a while. That's your, that's evil, bro. <laughs> I, I will slow down and then I will blow right past it just to see how you feel. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but it, I mean, students do that with the pool sessions. And they do that with the whole pipeline. They, they'd be like, oh, I have two years of this. And they just try to cram all that stress or what they think they know about that stress into this very moment. And it, and it never works out well for them. It just shoots your cortisol if your heart rate goes up and you quit. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, you, sometimes with the instructors, I would always tell the students, listen, I might not be able to make it longer. But I can make it harder. Oh, we can always make it harder. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. I think we're just trying to pack all the inappropriate stuff into one podcast. So that's why. <laughs> oh, is I that what that. we're doing? That was a double <laughs> entendre, baby. Okay, I don't know what you, where you're going with that thing or not. That's you know, be based the name on of my one. my poop joke. I didn't want to be the one that was bringing up all the that kind of stuff. So exactly. right, we're, we're just keeping this it friends. This one's going to be called double entendres at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so as we as we talked about the clock and the time, right? Aaron, why does everybody, why is everybody scared of the pool? And it's, it's the great equalizer. It's why we use the pool in our selection, right? Because while we do focus on teamwork and we place a really high value on being part of a high performing team, 
that has to start with personal accountability. So when someone is underneath the water and you're like, listen, I don't care how you make this happen, but you're going to stop breathing and you're going to tie those knots and you're not allowed to come up until they're done. That's a very personal thing. Like you can get to the heart of somebody very, very quickly. And if they're not really, really secure in their skills, if they're not really secure in their stress management, man, you can tell right away. And it, I think it exposes part of yourself. Like Brian yeah. was saying earlier with, you know, so, or you were saying like, you know, guys with, you know, Adonis type bodies that go in there and you're like, Oh, you're yeah. totally gonna, you're totally gonna pass. You can watch the pool break those guys. Like, and I think, I think that's always in the back of your mind, but it's one of those things. It's like, it's like our crucible, right? Like when we get out of there, I mean, you really think like Brian and I telling that silly story earlier about, you know, being in that situation underneath the helicopter. Like I was like, Hey man, I've been through Indoc. Like I've almost passed out. I refuse to quit. Uh, just a quick story on this. I was doing a selection. We were doing a post interview and a guy had popped. We're going to talk about alternate water con in a second, but a guy had popped and I said, Hey, I didn't, I did not like seeing you do that. And he's like, well, I did. I went right back down. And then I went across and he was trying to kind of soften the blow of, of my input. And I said, Hey, here's the deal, man. There's going to be some time in between. There's going to be some time in your career where there's a firefight going on. And in between you and where you got to go is going to be your life. It's going to be, you're going to have to make a decision on your own life and death. You don't get to pop in that scenario. You don't get to come up and then just start that event all over. That's not a good thing. No, that's like, real life. Yeah, that's real life, man. Like you showed me that, man, you were in the middle of that fight and you were like, nope, I got to, I got to pause for a second. I don't care that you reattacked it. I cared that you didn't stay down there until the job was done. Right. Like yep. the question isn't how far are you going to go? The question is, do you possess the constitution to go as far as you need to? And I think, well, the pool is, yeah, you like that. <laughs> uh, but I think the pool, I think the pool, like no other place exposes you a little bit there. And I think that's why people, people get in their head about it, man. Like they really do. I've seen, I've seen strong dudes. Uh, just be like, nope, not today. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. That's solid. And Brian, what are some of the ways that the guys can be successful in the pool? I mean, I know the way I was successful, but man, like I said, I was—I don't want to say I was mediocre, but I was never a a stellar performer at Indoc at all, especially in the pool. Yeah, I think the pool is the most difficult thing for for most guys. There are guys that message me and they're like. Oh yeah. 1500 meters. I totally got that. Smoked it. Like I can do it underwaters with four strokes. No big deal. You know, that ain't there it, are chief. people like that. Yeah. Um, but I think like keeping it in perspective, the, the biggest thing that I, I see guys do is they separate themselves from the team whenever I know that somebody's going to quit. They're sitting there, they're on the side of the, the gunnel, they're getting ready for their 10 up. And then, you know, we're like, one's ready and then they say like high side low side or whatever and you can see that one guy he's oh you can he's, see him he's, he's oh, in no. his own zone he's, he's not <laughs> looking at it. anybody else he's not looking at the instructors he's not looking at anything else he just knows that that go <laughs> I, is hey, coming i know a squealer when i see him and that guy you can see that guy you can tell on his face you're just like nope you are in your pain cave i know this yeah so all they're looking at is right here and all that's right here in their face is that water that they don't want to jump into. Oh, man. So, you know, if you're in that zone to you're scared of whatever, then, you know, look to your left and your right, realize that you're, you know, with your team and you don't want to let your team down. You don't want to let down yourself. And you want to look back and say, you know, I did the absolute best job I can do, whether it's passing out or not, 
you know, you have paramedics on the side of the pool there that are going to pull you out. I've pulled out hundreds of dudes from the pool. So they're, we're pretty experienced at, you know, making sure that you survive. So don't worry about that. Worry about your team. And just like Aaron was saying with buddy breathing, like you're just worried about your buddy that's right there next to you. You don't want to let them down. You want to perform and make sure that you add to the mission success and not take away from it. So that's what yeah, I'm saying. I think, I think you're right. Um, two things on that. One, you could you could always see the the person because they they would delay coming in right yeah. as they're, as they're getting ready to tent up or whether it's the underwaters or whether they're going to do equipment recovery and that, hey it's you know one's ready go and that guy is still just like huh no, you know that guy is, that guy is <laughs> not going and you can see it right. And here's the problem with that, right? Is that that guy is now going to create extra training for everybody else, not just for himself. You know, it creates training for everybody else. Everybody's paying for the man because why? Because we're a team. That's why. And I I tell you, you, that's when you can really see somebody's soul just getting crushed. Just hurt. I've seen lots of grown men cry (laughs) after (laughs) they didn't want to go. Like I would just sit there. I was like, go. I said, go, whatever your name is, you know, (laughs) go. So we'd all, all the instructors just come around and just swarm to this guy. The instructors in the pool is just splashing him in the face and he's just sitting there like crying, like, no, don't. (laughs) So what is it like? It really highlights you. (laughs) You can uh, replay this after you're done. Uh, But, Anyway, it, it really highlights you and there comes to a point where, you know, you owe five because you didn't do a push-up correct or popped on those last five. So we're going to keep you out there until you do it or, you know, you quit basically. Yeah. Oh boy. No, I, I completely agree. And, and one of the last things I'd, I'd say on the, the pool sessions really is, man, everybody has a bad day, right? Um, you know, everybody comes there to perform, right? But someday, you know, and you never know what day it's going to be, you will hit it, whether it's in the pool or whether it's on the track running or rucking. Like, man, everybody has at least one bad day, whether it's like, dude, I don't know, man, I just can't get my stuff together. Like, this is crazy. Um, and that's the day that you damn well better perform, yep. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Because, you can't just sit there feeling sorry for yourself and expecting, Oh God, I can't wait till this pool session ends. I'm having a bad day. No, that right there is when we need you to perform. So, um, what I'll toss it out back at everybody else is anybody have anything they want to add, uh, onto pool sessions specifically. I, I think we covered it. I think, you know, people just get in their head, right? Like people, you know, you're going to do it every day. That's the problem with pool sessions is just like, you know, just like the two o'clock train, there's another one coming. You're going to be in that pool tomorrow. You're not getting away from it. You're going to go. So you better just make your peace with it. Like embrace the suck, whatever, you know, t-shirt logo that I'm supposed to put here to make you okay with it. Like you're not going to get out of it. So you might as well get into it. You might as well be efficient at it. You might as well find places where there's totally places where you can rest if you're efficient. If you're really good at underwaters, guess what? That's more rest on the back end. If you're if you can do ditch and dawn in eight seconds, guess what? You can do ditch and dawn in eight seconds. You get to rest. Alternate water con or when we start punishing people in the pool and all this other stuff, it's meant to raise your stress, right? It's just training. Like we're we're there to to train. Like it's always for a purpose. 
always. Everything that we do, everything that's done at ANS, and everything that's done in your career is done with a deliberate purpose in mind. So the sooner that you're you're just okay with that fact, you turn a corner and you feel way better. And pool sessions get way less stressful. And it's it's funny looking back. You know, my my couple of different times. Um, one, you know, the first time and then the second time pool sessions were completely different for me. And it was just because I was like, no, it's, it's training. This is what we got to do. And, uh, today the training is going to be a lot harder because it's Thursday and we're wearing extra stuff. Okay. Got it. That's what it is. But you know, you can only manage your reaction. You can't manage the situation because the situation is going to be leveled on you. You can't manage really the outcome because the outcome is going to be what it is, but you can manage your reaction to it. It's also not personal. Like it's a lot just, of guys are getting this head, you know, hey, they, they, hey, you know, yeah, exactly. There, there is nothing personal about all this. Now, there are going to be times that you may feel that it's personal. Like, golly, man, this guy is pointing me out. Well, maybe he's pointing you out because you're not yeah, performing. Maybe it's your fault. How about that? Right. But yeah. it is not personal. I'm, and I'm sure, you know, not, neither Brian nor Trent have ever made it personal, you know, because, nope. and, and I, and I know I smirk when I say that, but like, it comes across that way, right? I remember distinctly some of the hardest instructors I had were also the fairest. Mm-hmm. Totally, you know, yeah. they, they were professional and they were fair. And it's like, man, I know this coming in. He's he's the instructor on deck for the pool session, right? And it's going to be go. a tough one. It's going to be it's going to be yep. fair though. And I knew I knew going in. Okay, this is fair. So that would be my last two cents on pool sessions. Yeah. And, uh, just for me, yeah, I definitely never made it personal. I, there are people that, you know, in my own mind, I liked better than other people, of course, but I never tried to make it evident to the team or like, Oh, why don't you go ahead and take a break or here's some Gatorade or any of that kind of stuff. You know, if they messed up, I yelled at them equally and proportionately to how much they messed up. So each person, you know, is the same story. And then just on the, on the pool thing real quick, um, I like to make the analogy like it's kind of like driving a car. If you're in a, every time you're in a car, you get into a car accident, you're going to be scared of getting into a car. (laughs) So figure out how to get to the pool on the weekend or at night and make it into like a fun experience to where you're playing whatever, like Frisbee or like underwater golf or do, do whatever and make it fun with your guys and your team and don't make it into a car crash every single time that you go to the pool, because that's going to just, that's all it's going to be in your mind. And you're just going to think as soon as you're sitting on the deck, you're like, Oh man, as soon as I enter this pool, it's going to suck and everything, everything's going to suck. So get that out of your head and make, make the pool a place that you can control. It's just a thing. It's not like the pool is going to open up and swallow you whole or like keep you under it. You're in control of your, yourself as long as you do the task. So that's all I want to say on that. You know what you you say that reminded me of uh, when I was a kid sitting in the pool and I'd always imagine a shark would come out of the deep end. Get me? <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. I can't swim in the yeah, first of all. I know. Hey, you know the mind of a five year old. Hey, Trent, over to you. Yeah, I was just gonna say the I'm, I like to break things down kind of mathematically, and it's, it's the the worst parts about the pool, the ones that you're most worried about as a student, happen in about thirty to minute-long iterations at most. You know what I mean? Uh, even with uh, most body breathing, it might last just a little bit longer than that. But as soon as you can get to the point where like all your fins, all your swimming is just exercise and your underwaters are just not that big of a deal, 
then you're, you're just condensing down the suck into almost nothing. And then that allows you, that gives you the bandwidth to master one of the other tasks and master that task and gives you the bandwidth to master the next task. So um, it's not like you have no downtime at the pool. It's not balls to the wall the whole time, every time. You have plenty of time to recover and think about it. Um, just like it, like that whole pool session, like four hours is going to be terrible because it's not. It's it's only little snippets of, mm-hmm. you know, really hard things sometimes for, for guys that aren't accustomed to it yet. It's just like a deployment. It's, it's hours and hours and hours of mind numbing boredom spiced up with moments of sheer terror. That's all it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, to wrap it up, uh, as you guys know, or may not know, we have partnered with a couple companies out there that we believe in and that we utilize their products. So it's not just some, you know, ad that's coming at you right so um trent i know i saw you drinking some of it i've been sucking down some of it as well strike force energy it's a comes in a little sachet like this you dump it into some water and then bob's your uncle you're on the go right so if you guys want some of that go over to strikeforce strikeforceenergy.com into the promo code ones ready for a 15 percent uh, discount and then we've also got alpha brew aaron Alpha Brew Coffee, best uh, single origin coffee. They have no vague blends. They make a bourbon arrow, uh, bourbon barrel aged coffee, which is amazing. It's got good clean energy. There's no jitters, no come downs. They coupled it with a nootropic, so your brain operates at the highest possible function. It's awesome. They also make a CBD version, which is awesome for sleep and anxiety and aches and pains and all that other stuff. Active duty Air Force can't take it quite yet. We'll get there. But for everybody else, head over to alphabrew.com. Go ahead and drop the code ONES READY. You'll get 10% off your order, and that's repeat forever. So you can, you can get that as long as you want. Alpha Brew is a great military LE owned company and, uh, man, they've been great supporters of us so far. So head on over alphabrew.com, drop the ones ready code, get your 10% off and wake yourself up to some great coffee. Cause it really is. I drink it. It's delicious. Love it. Awesome. Thanks a lot. And then Brian over to you to finish this off, buddy. All right. So wrapping this thing up, um, you know, the pool, we can go for days and days talking about this stuff and our experiences that we've had in the pool. It's uh, one of the things that most people quit on, which is why we wanted to bring it up and talk to you guys about it. Um, so we broke down each of these events and um, hopefully the common theme that you guys noticed through all of this is be- because it's called WaterCon, that's short for water confidence. We want you guys to show how confident you are in the water, how you are able to learn a task and perform it under a stressful environment. Because right now, the most stressful environment that we can really put you under is, you know, taking your breath away and the potential that you might pass out underwater. Uh, and uh, guys sometimes aren't willing to fully commit to that. And actually, um, like uh, the other guys we're talking about, you know, just if you're out on the battlefield, there's no option to really pop. I mean, if you pop that means that you're going out into a corner and hiding from the gunfire where you got your friends are out there you know being shot at so the mission needs to be more important to you than your ability to take a breath or more important to you your team has to be more important to you than your breathing so the only way that we can show that is through you doing your underwater task so keep that in mind when you're when you're doing these things you know and also what you do while you're in the pool now, um, when you first get there, uh, obviously as much preparation as possible, but 
everyone remembers that guy that was always popping or like I said earlier, the guy that was, you know, pooping in the pool. So your, your reputation is going to always follow you around no matter where you go. Cause we've all heard of that, that same dude. I had to wrap stained? it up in here. Right. Would, would, would you say they were stained if you will? Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. That all joke right. was crap. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So when you guys are going into the pool, keep that mindset, confidence, um, in yourself and in the water as well. So chest out, chin up, know that you're going to do whatever it takes to crush this water con iteration. And then always look to your left and your right. Know that you're with a team of the most badass dudes that have walked this freaking earth, because that's what we want to create in you guys that are replacing us. We want you guys to be better again than we ever were. And we want you guys to have the confidence that when you step up, you can accomplish any task with keeping in mind that you need to also be humble. Keep it to yourself that you're confident, all right? So appreciate you guys uh, listening to another episode. Um, you guys can always hit us up again on Instagram, Facebook, go to the website, look at the uh, um, submit questions through there. And if you guys are interested in in uh, special warfare in the Air Force, then you can also reach out to a recruiter. Um, we'll add some extra links in there for you guys to reach out specifically coming soon. So um, appreciate it again, guys. I'll see you next yeah. time. Hey, like the podcast, tell your friends about it. Put a subscribe on there and leave us a comment. <laughs> Get them. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you around. Later. Out.